You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Hey everyone, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Kingpin Tattoo Supply. They are here. Slot lock needles are available from Kingpin. And all the artists that I'm talking to are really liking them. Kingpin developed and refined these through extensive testing and feedback from hundreds of artists from around the world. I use them on each tattoo that I do, and I really dig them. If you're on the fence about making the switch to a cartridge system, please mention the podcast, and you'll get a free sample of them the next time you make an order at kingpintattoosupply.com. Kingpin, for the artist since 1996. We're also brought to you by Inky's Tattoo Products. Inky's Purple Glide is dropping soon. So just like with Inky's healing products, you now will have more than one choice when it comes to your daily tattoo ointment. A collaboration between Inky's and Franco Viscovi, Purple Glide is a non-petroleum-based ointment infused with essential oils. Now, after you listen to today's show, you're going to know that I'm into essential oils, and so I'm very excited to try the Purple Glide. If you are too, then please order up some at inkies.com very soon. Use the promo code SullenRadio and get a free sample pack of products the next time you order at inkies.com. Numb, heal, and protect with Inkies. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio Weekly. I'm Joe Swanson. Thanks everyone who's listening. I appreciate you tuning in. Um, Thank you to my buddy Pete Saunders, who not only always takes great pictures, but also shared the show this last week. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, Everyone who's sharing this show, I'm stoked on it. Thank you so much. Keep clicking that share button every time you click that play button. Um, Today, we're going to be doing something a little bit new um, for us, for me at the Sullen Radio Podcast, um, and it's going to happen at SullenRadio.com today at noon, October 14th, SullenRadio.com on the blog. I'm going to be premiering a short couple-minute video titled Stay True to Your Craft featuring Greg DeHoot. Uh, Greg's a tattooer, and he sent me this video the other day, and I'm just uh, stoked on it. I'm stoked on these kind of collaborative pieces. Um, A couple of his buddies uh, and he got together um, and made this video. It was produced by Joseph Leeming. It has music by Nick Waterhouse, and it features Greg in it. Um, and I'm stoked on it. it. It's done very well. It showcases tattooing in a professional and positive light. And it, again, it simply lo- lo- just looks cool. So I was stoked to be able to um, have the opportunity to, uh, with the blog, to premiere it. And so I would love you guys to go check it out today at noon. It will premiere on the Sullen Radio blog. So go check it out. Stay true to your craft featuring Greg DeHoot today at noon. World fucking premiere, motherfuckers. Let's do it. Check that thing out. Thank you very much. So getting on to the show today, um, I was really excited to talk with my guest, Megan Jean Morris. Um, What I found out when I started doing a little bit of research uh, about her is not only is she a badass, but she's going through this time right now where she's introducing some new elements into her work. Happens to be traditional Western style images and um, which I'm all about. That's my roots in tattooing. That's what I came up doing in street shops. And so it was really fun to see this um, very beginning of her work starting to um, or be continuing to progress and the best time to talk to somebody about that 
progression is right when it's happening, right at the very beginning, because they have all this inspiration and all this positivity about it. And that's what I found talking with Megan Jean is she's excited. She's excited about tattooing. She's excited about this, um, the history of tattooing and, and paying respect to the people that came before her. And man, it was uh, a fun candid exciting talk you know we did talk about um some heavier stuff that uh, i think artists deal with depression and and um balance or lack thereof and so for me it was a great talk and i and i really appreciated megan coming on and again i appreciate everybody listening uh to the show each week i hope you enjoy it this is sullen radio weekly and this is my talk with tattooer megan jean morris This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Here we go. Hey, everybody. This is Joe Swanson. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. I'm very excited to welcome my guest, Megan Jean Morris. How are you doing? Good. Hi. Happy to be here. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm happy to have you here. We talked a little bit briefly before we started uh, the show that um, you're at kind of this pivotal exciting time with your work where you're experimenting with kind of mixing these two styles your surrealistic style that you 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 crush it at and this traditional kind of the american standard traditional style which the stuff that i've seen you've posted like four pictures of of stuff you've been able to do on clients and amazing stuff i mean it's i dig it because traditional having done it for 20 years and um, kind of came up in that in tattooing it's something that I appreciate and there's people that can pull it off and there's obviously people that can't and you've obviously studied and looked and, and researched and it's cool to see you doing these two mixes of styles at such a high level and putting putting them together really really well so it's exciting you know, to talk to you now it is exciting it's exciting for me too Joe um what happened for me is I think a really common for tattooers in my generation, which is I've been an artist my whole life and I studied art. And when I started tattooing, it, it was luckily at an old school biker shop and I got a very traditional um, apprenticeship, which that's hard to come by now. Mm -hmm. You know, I was making the needles for the shop and I was cleaning the motorcycles and it was an honor. Um, but being the young art student that I was, I didn't want to tattoo like those guys. I wanted to tattoo like a painter. And obviously I spent this first almost decade of my career learning how to do that. Mm -hmm. And I really worked on realism and then I worked on my surrealism. Um, lately, now that I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing my tattoos come back 10 years later. And I'm also really appreciative of what it's meant to be a tattooer. And the two things have made me look more into the history of tattooing mm. and appreciate why traditional tattoos were done the way that they were and um, appreciate the uh, older tattooers in the industry. And now I think it's important like for me to develop my work further. I think I actually need to 
almost take a step back and be an apprentice again in the areas that maybe I didn't appreciate enough to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm really trying to study traditional from the base up and it has been a little delicate with my fans and followers <laughs> because they want to see me and they, they're used to seeing me do things at a very high extreme level. Mm -hmm. And I know that the right way to learn things isn't, isn't that like, I need to start at the basics with traditional. Um, so I've been combining the basics of traditional with my like high level of realism and surrealism. And I think it's really fun and exciting. And I'm, I'm letting people see the process as I learn. I think it's awesome. And, you know, for people that I think have been around as long as we have in tattooing, they know that pulling off traditional is not as easy as it may look, you know, and so to um, see just four tattoos in that you've done and posted to be at such a high level, it's really cool. And man, I, you know, when we talk about history and it's such a cool, it's so cool to see the, um, how much we have still right in front of us. You know, you talk about these guys that changed tattooing, Ed Hardy, Freddie Negretti, Jack Rudy, Chuck Eldridge, you know, all these guys that are still available, Lyle Tuttle, who are still available to us, you know, yeah. and man, to, and then, and then with the internet and books and things like that, that, that have been published now and, and all these resources we have, we can, we can research their work as well. I mean, with a fine tooth comb, you know, and really um, be influenced by so many more people than we used to be able to. Yeah, you're so right. It's good to point out that tattooing is evolving so quickly that what we consider the history of it is still around. And, um, you know, everyone got so excited about realism and it was exciting. You know, it was, wow, this has never been done like this before. Um, but now I think it's time to like re recall the artistry in drawing, not just recreating a photograph. Mm -hmm and really like finding the artist that you are. Um, at least that's what I'm interested in. I think I think if you look at the, the older guys, um, each one of them had a style, uh, a feel to their lines and their shading that was just theirs. Mm -hmm. And I would like my work to, um, to be like that one day. So, but what's different is I'm studying this traditional stuff, Joe, but I, okay, so I'm only four tattoos in, you're right. I obviously had like a decent foundation from that apprenticeship, mm -hmm. um, but I have had to almost remember how to do line work because I barely use it in my realism. I mean, sketchy little tiny, like, you know, quick lines that we hide with shading. Um, but I've had to not only remember how to do this stuff and relearn it, but I'm using different equipment now. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sponsored by FK Irons and I use the Edge. I've also, um, you know, I've tried other rotaries. I've tried the Nico and Franco Vaschetti, like Bishop. I've tried the Hawk. Um, I like rotaries. I think they're really convenient, you know, but learning how to do this traditional stuff with a modern 
equipment mm-hmm. adds another twist to the whole thing. It does. It It's different. I mean, I've gone from, you know, coming up with coils to now I've used all sorts of different rotaries just like yourself. And I do use them pretty exclusively now. I have a, an um, axis rotary from Vital Machines and I have a couple bishops that Franco sent me. And I love them. You know, I, I, I really, I mean, you, it's such a difference when you see a tattoo that's five hours in and there's such little redness around it. And you have to attribute that, you know, a lot to technique, but you also have to tr- attribute it to the equipment because the equipment we're using is so much more precise and it's so much more um, consistent, right, than coil machines. But I don't know. I mean, goddamn, there's it's something about pulling a line, though. You're talking about pulling lines. There's something fucking about pulling a line with a fucking coil machine that is so fun. I'm having, um, do you know Clean Rock One? Mm-hmm. Well, he's kind of the one that I generally like. When I, when I meet artists, I, I'm always inspired. And like, I tend to, um, you know, like I was hanging out with Carl Grace last year and I really picked up on the freehand thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really grateful to him for that. And, and Nico was working on my back and I like enhanced my realism. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I think I did a collaboration with Kelly Doty and I got interested in like, okay, let's try drawing some things myself. Um, and then recently I spent time with clean rock one and I'm doing a guest spot at his shop and looking like he's been in the industry for 20 years and, um, just looking at his standards and how he judges a tattoo, Mm -hmm. I've realized how much like the application really is a, is a beauty in its own. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm getting uh he's going to make me a, a coil liner. I feel like I'm going backwards. <laughs> like, I just want to do like simple shapes and nice lines uh, and heavy saturation. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I was going to ask you about that, you know, as an artist being, uh, growing up as an artist, right? Yeah. How often now that you've gotten to this level as an artist, how often do you just jump back to the basics and just say, fuck it, I I'm going to do, you know, figure drawing, or I'm going to do whatever it is, just pencil drawing. And, you know, it's going to be 15 minute sketches or whatever it is back to those early, early, you know, things that you did as an artist to just see what happens and see what kind of fresh ideas you might get, you know, how how often do you do that? And does it feel kind of like that going back to kind of relearning this traditional um, style? It feels, it's just like that. Um, what's different about this time is I don't have a plan. Like I'm going to let my work turn into something (laughs) and I'm just going to base it off of what I like and what I think a good tattoo is and trying things. I mean, it's risky, it's experimental, but that's what keeps the artwork actually fresh and alive and interesting. I mean, you know, it's like you can, you can see, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to insult anybody, but it's because it's not insulting, but like you see an artist and if they do the same thing for, I mean, anything past five years, it starts to, if it were me, I'm just like, I don't know. I want to see something fresh. I want to see risk. I think, I think it's more interesting. Um, 
I, I agree. And I, I get it, you know, because you constantly, I, I'm constantly seeing my shit just change up or my interests change up or, um, now I have some standards that I love and like my work is pretty much Western traditional imagery, but I love mixing it with like more just heavy black work and sacred geometry sh shit. Like, um, and I think that all comes from my apprenticeship where I was, you know, the tattoo time magazines were like put in my hand day one. I talked about that on the intro to the last show with James Kern. Um, and I saw guys like Leo and I saw guys, you know, talk about sacred calligraphy and sacred geometry from the very early on. Um, and all those dudes like Bob Shaw and Burt Grimm and Mike Malone and the groundbreaking shit that Ed Hardy was doing. Like that was all what I loved, like right from the get. So I get why my work is kind of keen on traditional with a little bit of, you know, heavier black or, or pattern in other, you know, in another area of it kind of juxtaposed together. It's like, but who knows, you can't pick your underwear 10 years from now. So I don't know what my shit's going to look like 10 years. You know, I hope it looks different. Right. Cause like, I think a lot of artists, you know, they figure out something that works and it's kind of, it becomes a formula mm -hmm. and you can master it. And then your, your designs, you know, you cut down on design time people all over the world are coming to you for that one style. You're making a lot of money. You're making a big name for yourself. And it's like a big band or something. It's easy to get like boxed into what you're supposed to be. And it works, you know, but I think as an artist, I think that it starts to feel like a job sure. instead sure. of like that thing that, um, you know, I want a tattoo 10 or 12 hours a day. I want to stay up till 4am getting this design fucking perfect because mm -hmm. not because I have to, but because I'm like that excited, you know, I'm just like into it. And, um, that's where I was at. I mean, I really, I, my life was like fucking nuts for the last two years. And the last year was super hard. Um, I got, I went through a divorce, which is awful. If anyone's been through that before, it's I've been there. Hard. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. And um and it was like my personal life was kind of coinciding with my professional life. Mm -hmm. And all at once I just needed to step away from everything and like breathe some fresh air and figure out what I want to do next, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like super excited and I I'm inviting my fans to like come along with me for the journey. I can't I can't just like do what I, what I've already been doing, mm -hmm. you know, I, I have to, and it's nerve wracking. Cause I think some people don't like it, but other people are like super excited about it. So well, I think the people that will, you know, connect with you as an artist, not just a tattooer, but, um, you know, tattooing is your primary medium that you're, that you're executing art in, you know, that they might be familiar with you. But once they learn that you're truly just an artist, whatever you're doing, then I think it becomes less of, oh, I want to get this super realistic tattoo and I'll happen to have Megan G. Morris do it to, I want to have Megan G. Morris do this dope piece of art that I'm going to yeah. wear on my body, you and know? That's, those four tattoos that I have posted, that's totally what those, um, clients or people I don't know <laughs> great people that's what they were about they were just like hey like we think you're rad as an artist 
you know, they, they're super open and it's, that's an honor. And it's, again, it's like very, it's like a thing that is alive. Like the artwork's alive between me and my client. And like, neither one of us are sure exactly. That's why I like freehand too, actually. Like, I don't know what this thing is going to look like. Like we're creating it together in the moment, mm -hmm. you know? And I think yeah. that that's exciting. Totally. I, I got into doing a shit ton of freehand, like a couple years into tattooing. I was at a, a shop in um, St. Cloud, Minnesota called Rising Phoenix. And I was tattooing with this guy, Tom Genero, who was amazing at Japanese work. And I was kind of that newer tattooer that was getting all the walk-ins, you know, and there was a school um, in town, a university. And so it was like trial by fire with me and freehand because I would you know, have my needles done for the week, but I wouldn't have drawn any of the shit that I needed to draw. And I would just show up on the Saturday and be like, all right, whatever walks in here, I got to figure out how to draw it on or, you know, and I would catch myself in that position more, more often than not, not being prepared. And, but I learned a shit ton doing it, you know, not that that was the right way to do it, but it forced me to get good at figuring out, you know, the, the hangups with freehand, what's good about freehand, you know, how to deal with those hangups, you know? So I love that, you know, your work. And I watched a video that you um, were talking about kind of your, um, the evolution of your work that you went from color realism to that surrealism. The, just in the video, you were talking about that, that transition um, to surrealism and I love to see that shit like that you're practicing that and that that was the evolution because I see other people doing that with trying to take this high level color realism stuff and now they're drawing it on. And I think, you know, guys like Carl Grace are doing it with black and gray and he's doing that shit without a pen. You know what I mean? Like in certain areas because he's so familiar with, um, you know, how the bot, how, yeah. yeah, how the body's going to stretch and where he can go with the design. I mean, we talked about it on this, on the podcast with him, you know, how that YouTube video came to be and man, it, it's so cool to see guys and, and gals taking it to that next level, which I think, you know, coming from a long history of, of art, it's gotta be exciting to freehand something on and then execute it at the highest level in whatever style you're at, you know? It is really, it is really interesting and I'm, Right now I'm kind of like learning and studying traditional mm -hmm. and I'm waiting to see how I bring that into my freehand. Right. You know, like I'm not sure if it will look like a traditional design, but there's definitely going to be elements, whether it's like the technique of shading mm -hmm. or the use of heavy black or some of the shapes that just get, I might, I'll probably end up repeating them like in my freehand work. Like it, it's going to get a lot looser. Like right now it's obviously traditional meets realism. You know, right. it's very clear. It's cut and dry. It's not that original. There's other people doing it. I'm just doing it. I'm doing it in, in a very surreal way. You know, like you see Yogi Barrett, everyone's like, oh, Yogi Barrett. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. Um, you've seen, we've all seen people well, like put realism next to traditional. Sure. And I would say that that's one dude that is at the highest level kind of combining those two um, styles are very close to those same two styles. But I think his traditional is, is a lot different. It's way more stylized than obviously in the first ones that you're doing are very 
um, more that like super, I, I don't super like Burt Grimm American traditional American traditional. I'm not fucking with the traditional, right? Except for bringing in my realism, mm -hmm. but I really am trying to do the basic stuff first. I think that that's how you like as in like if you're learning Japanese. You learn Japanese before you fuck with it, mm -hmm. you know, and you don't, I just feel like you, if you want to change something, you need to know what you're changing. Right. I, and I don't think it would be as authentic as if you were, if you were trying to draw that traditional snake on, or you were trying to make it a, a, a Megan Jean snake, you know, it's right now it is very new and it's, and so it makes perfect sense that it would be at the, at that very root grounded in in the simplistic but man i think that's what makes it cool too is because we get to see it kind of evolve from the very beginning you know yeah and i'm doing i mean i see two reasons to do it that way one is i think it's the right way for me to learn mm -hmm. um and kind of pay honor to the style and the history um and then the second reason is because it looks really cool. <laughs> it does. Like I just, yeah, I just love the fact that it's like, it's a statement, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like the oldest, you know, most core American tattoo next to like the cutting edge, what everyone's been like pushing to develop mm -hmm. most recently tattoo, right. you know? So, um, you talk about, the you know wanting to invite people in to this journey this art journey that you're going on with you know and you and you're wanting them to kind of go with you has that has that always kind of been your your mode to try to let people in on that journey with you or and how much impact has social media had on that and being able to be so connected with people well i've always been a super open and honest person um I have found, you know, I get, I never want to upset people in my personal life. And like sometimes, I mean, when I was married and stuff, I felt like I had to um, not be too open because some people, you know, some people value their privacy more than I do. Sure. But, you know, I feel like I've pretty much cut ties all over the place at this point. I did. I spent like the last two years almost just by myself. I really wasn't hanging out with very many people. And my friends know that. Like I pretty much just like pushed everyone away because I felt like I needed space to be myself. And now I want to be myself with everyone. Mm -hmm. And like I have whatever, almost 100,000 people who are with me almost every day as an artist. And like, I think that that's amazing. I mean, obviously that's because of the, you know, networking that we can do now. And um, I think being an artist, you're, you are opening yourself up to people. Like when you put your artwork out there, it's like putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. You know, having someone look at one of your paintings feels like they're looking at you and judging you and, you know, experiencing you. Um, and so I'm, I want to take that to the extreme too and just open myself up as an artist in every way. And it can, it can inspire other mm -hmm. artists or even just people, you know, by seeing someone try to do something, not just seeing someone who's already like crushing it, you know, like, no, like you guys are going to watch me learn how to do something. Sure. Well, I, think I think that that's valuable. Yeah. And being open, like I've, you know, looking at your Instagram, preparing for this talk, 
um, you've been open about emotional things too. And, and artists, you know, as an artist who's, uh, you know, continues to struggle with depression and self-worth issues and shit like that, <laughs> as I think a lot of fucking artists do, you know, it's, it's encouraging to see somebody in, in your position talking about that and being open about that. So, um, it's, you know, thank you for, for doing that. I mean, it's, it's cool to see. That is awesome. Do you know what is so crazy? Um, the more successful I get, the more successful people I'm around. You know how those things tend to go together? Sure. So, and I've seen it with the people I'm getting to know and I've seen it with myself. It's almost like, it's like the hot, it's like a bigger um, roller coaster or something. Cause like the more you experience that like high that a success can give you, I think almost the, the next day or the next week you experience that like mm -hmm. real low. Cause that's what happens after a real high, you yeah. know? And as an artist, we're so, we feel things really deeply. And I think that, you know, just being, alive and aware of that is somehow like good for this world it's energetic and i don't mind sharing it with people and for other artists going through it um i think it's important for everyone to to realize that we're all hard on ourselves mm -hmm. <laughs> but like it's okay not to be great at something it's just good to keep on trying mm -hmm. and like getting better <laughs> when was the last time you got tattooed um, Nico was the last person to work on me and I'm pretty confused about time. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> like, I have no, like what month is this? October. Yep. Okay. Um, how, how are you balance that? You know, just, you have a mad travel schedule. Like, do you, how, how is that to balance home? and balance, you know, being, you know, you have all these outside responsibilities, you know, you have to make it to these cities and these conventions with these clients and, you know, how do you balance that? Well, um, I, I actually don't <laughs> balance it really for real. I was, I was really well-rounded growing up. I was that kid that did fucking tap jazz ballet and acrobatics i was a soccer player i was a snowboarder i was an honor student i you know i was playing the viola like fucking everything oh, i was you know good relationship with my parents and like nice to all the different groups at school and i got to a point again about two years ago where i actually said to myself um you know what fuck balanced Fuck it. Because the best artists that I know aren't. And um, there's a few. I mean, I can think of a few artists that really actually pull it off, but maybe like a handful, you know? Mm -hmm. A lot of the best artists I know are not balanced people. And not just artists, but people who are really, really masters at something. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I lost my marriage, man. <laughs> And it was my fault. Like I worked all the time and he was my best friend, but I just had this drive and this passion and, um, and I wasn't really interested in, in balance. Mm -hmm. So what I do, but I, there are some things I try to balance. Um, my, my health, 
is something that I try to like get in there, you know, eating right and working out. Um, Which is so important. I mean, I know like I'm on a, the end of a stretch of not working out. And I know like it's been fucking nagging at me in the back of my head, motherfucker, get back in there, get back in the gym. You know, you got to do it. it just for mental health, you know, for me, it's like, I have always been active in my life, whether I've been kayaking or snowboarding or, you know, whatever it has been active. So I only have a certain period where I can't, you know, where I can stay out of the gym or stay, away from doing something active i'm at the end of that so i gotta get back in there tomorrow but i also find like it's hard because i'm not really a morning person but my dogs get me up at like 5 30 and it's you know my time to work out would be at this point in the morning and it's fucking hard for me not to go back to bed and to get my ass in you know eat something because i sure as hell don't want to go and try to you know push my body without having food in it. So I got to try to force down some food and, but it's, it is what it is. I have to realize that that's my opportunity. And yeah. if I want to take advantage of it, well, I have to push through those, you know, uh, things that might be unfavorable to me. So yeah, morning time workouts are tough for me too, but that is sometimes the only time. And then it's also, I have to weigh, See, I, I balance stuff. I just, I did actually, I'm, some people can really multitask and I guess I don't think I'm one of them. I think that I had to simplify my life to balance responsibly what I could. Right. And for me, like, I don't have children. I don't, I have my parents and I have a brother and like, I, I give them as much, you know, I give, we have great relationships. Like that is something I balance, but mm-hmm. I had to kind of, I have to live a more simple life than some people to do the things that I do. Right. But, um, you know, anyhow, fitting in workouts in the morning when the bed and like I live on the East Coast, it's cold oh, shit. and like, man, like the down comforter in the cold right. mornings is so hard to get out of bed. Seriously. I, you know, I get it. It's, uh, it, it's absolutely a, a challenge, but you know, I think I feel way better though. When I, when I work out, you know, when you I get out of the house, I feel better. Totally. You know? Yeah. I'm being up in the morning, but yeah, I do have to weigh, um, I was working out and then tattooing and I was getting too tired because mm-hmm. I tattoo really long sittings, really long sittings. And, um, I had to go to GNC and buy these like multivitamin energy packs and mm-hmm. I take those around 4 PM and yeah. then I can do, then I can like do the workout and the, and the 12 hour tattoo. That's awesome. You know, I mean, you got, you'll find what works for you. And I mean, I definitely, um, I definitely use different things in my life, whether it's meditation and, um, my wife's super into, uh, essential oils. So we use aromatherapy and shit like that. Like you put on certain, oil, you know, you, you, um, diffuse certain oils in a room and you become energized you know i mean it's as simple as that it's it's you can use those things to really um enhance your life and you know i'm not i'm all for it you know i'm all for i have um i have anxiety often and i have some essential oil like perfume called karma Hmm. and it's um i forget i don't know what the essential oils are in it but it totally like right away i feel super relaxed and like way mm-hmm. just calm. Yeah. I love essential oils. Yeah. I, um, 
I mean, you can take lavender. Lavender is one that's really good, and it's. I mean, you put a it put a little bit under your nose, and you're like, I'm going to sleep, man. I need to go to sleep. <laughs> it's uh, it's good, but I love all that shit. You know, it's uh, finding and and definitely simplifying, like you said. You know, simplifying your life so that you can manage all those things, and, and manage the things that are important in your life. You know, and it just reminds me of like in some sort of weird metaphorical like cheesy way like we were talking about um with tattooing we were talking about like going back to the basics Mm -hmm. i feel like today there's just so much available everywhere it's like overload on everything Mm -hmm. and if you just look back in history at what worked for hundreds of years before all of the technology and all of the craziness (laughs) There's just really basic stuff that is good for us and that is solid. And like, I don't know, you know, you talk about just eating whole foods right? and these sort of essential oils or natural, um, you know, I do like natural medication when possible mm-hmm. and, um, and old school tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's fucking it, man. You know, we... We can learn a lot from the fucking our history, you know. They say hindsight's twenty twenty, so as long as we're paying attention, and I think that's what I one thing I love about tattooing is it keeps you present. And so much in our day, we're trying to. I know me, my mind's always fucking going boom, 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 and I think that's why a lot of times people. I know that's why I check out into Instagram or Facebook or those kind of things, which are just time suckers, you know. It, it's it's good to be connected, but I also think it can become, you know, it can adversely affect like what you're trying to do or accomplish. And, um, but it's, it, it almost keeps you present. There's so much going on and which is why riding a motorcycle is fucking cool because it keeps you present, which is why snowboarding is fucking cool. Cause it keeps you present. I, I love snowboarding. I can't. Yeah. I was a snowboard instructor way back in the day. And, uh, Man, I had so much fun. I've I've snowboarded in Montana and Colorado and um, would love to go over in, you know, like Switzerland or something. I'd love to go out there. Yeah, I want to go to Switzerland too. I mean, I've been there, but I want to snowboard there. That would be amazing. I always see Christian Nguyen. He's posting pictures at Inkvaders over there. He's always posting like paddleboard pictures. And man, that that guy's cool. He's Switzerland seems like a dope spot. Yeah, I was young when I went, um, but it was one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. For sure. What's the was, What's your favorite place that you've been to like recently? Recently, yeah. New Zealand. Super cool. New Zealand, yeah. If any artists have a chance to go to that convention, fucking go. It is amazing. Like that's a great excuse to go, mm-hmm. you know. And like you get to hang out with artists, and then someone someone will travel with you. You know, but man, there's like two islands and the Southern Island um, was like, what's that movie Avatar uh-huh. where there's like floating mountains? <laughs> <laughs> we went kayaking in the, in a, in fjords, Whoa. which is, yeah, it, it looked like there were floating mountains and we were in the water and Ooh, it was just yeah. insane. And the island was only inhabited 150 years ago. So, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. And before that, there was no, the only animals were birds. There was nothing over there with 
I almost said there's nothing over there with legs. <laughs> I don't know what you call the other animals, but the yeah. only there were birds. And a lot of the birds, there was like, I don't know, like 5,000 species of birds Whoa. or something. Crazy. And a lot of them didn't have wings because nothing was hunting them. Holy yeah, shit. so you get those funny looking birds. Yeah. It's just such a cool place. Wow. that's so How long was the kayak trip that you went on? Um, Just like a day trip? couple days yeah we were oh, walking wow. hiking and kayaking no shit so you had to portage the kayaks and, sh and shit or yeah just a little how far like tell me about this like i love kayaking so <laughs> um it was some well i'm like really bad with like names and remembering <laughs> like i was in new zealand um <laughs> i don't know it was some sort of world famous walk that you can mm -hmm. go on and we kayaked around and there was waterfalls and then yeah we did have to like pick the kayaks up and move them but it wasn't like too far yeah. you know it can get really tough this was like moderate okay have you are you um camping do you do a lot of camping or have you done a lot of camping or I do a ton of camping i grew up in maine so i'm like super super outdoorsy there's mm. nothing else to do there so we would go out into the woods for weeks at a time Oh, do you know, like I grew up in, in like the backwoods. I didn't have, we lived in this little, like what most people would call a shack. And I mean, I liked it. It was my dad's shop. It was sure. mostly a shop with like a little piece that was a house. And, um, we didn't have any running water Whoa. and we would go, there's a, a stream like kind of close by and we would get buckets of water to do our dishes and like the boys that lived at the end of the street, that was like the lake and they had a rope swing and we would like shower or bathe in the right. lake. <laughs> How long was that? Like what, at what age did you leave that type of uh, living situation? Um, when I was about eight years old, we moved down into um, Farmington, which is more, you know, civilized yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was rad though i mean because you talk about imagination and creativity mm -hmm. i had nothing to do except go out and just play with rocks and sticks explore and so i got real creative yeah That's i had a huge imagination where did you go to art school at um i went to uh well i looked at risd carnegie mellon and syracuse and mm -hmm. i decided to go to syracuse and I studied industrial design. Hmm. So I took fine art electives the whole time. I just figured, I felt like if I'm gonna spend that much time and money on something, I didn't feel like fine art was a very smart <laughs> investment. Um, <laughs> I felt like getting like computer skills and design skills sure. while also taking electives to develop as an artist. <clears throat> But, you know, when I graduated, there was just no way around it. I'm just a fine artist. That's like what I'm what I'm good at, what I'm interested in. Fuck design. <laughs> did you have did you have an idea? You knew that going like at by the time you graduated, you knew that. So yeah, I did. By the time I graduated, I was like, I can't sit in front of a computer for forty hours a week. What was your game plan? Just bartend. <laughs> and do art, right? Yeah, I was bartending for about a year, and um, and I was dating a tattoo artist, 
and I was painting a mural on, on the side as a job. And I heard his friend say to him, yo, dude, you better watch out if she ever learns how to tattoo. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I broke up with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I moved back to Maine, and I, you know, did whatever it took to get an apprenticeship. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, that guy's saying to himself, man, I fucking dated Megan G. Morris. Dude, well, you know what happened? Like, and I, I'll... I love a lot of my exes. I love them forever. That was a really, he was a great guy. But um, he, I said to him, he's a tattooer. And I said, I want to learn how to tattoo. And then I want to travel around the world doing it. And he said something to me about like being realistic. <laughs> yeah, he was like, that's not, po he was like, that's impossible. And wow. now it seems so ridiculous to even think that someone would say that. But at the time, like, tattooing wasn't quite what it is now right. and at the same and i don't you know i mean now that seems like a silly statement but at the time i felt like i was like man i think it's possible you know well there i mean people have been traveling you know since the beginning you know that they, uh -huh. they've been moving around and um, I mean, Ed Hardy went to Japan and di and did that whole thing, and then brought that back experience back. So it's at the core of of what we do as tattooers is to be able to. Um, Rick Walters talked about it on to me on the podcast as well. He said anybody that I teach will know how to build anything that they need and be able to take it around the world. He goes, and I talked to him later at a convention. He said, "Yeah, two or three of my guys that I've taught are traveling the world right now, just tattooing." you know and man, it's great that's what the roots are those port cities you know it's where people were coming where you you were arriving at a new place and that was the hot spot you know of san francisco or that was the hot spot of you know all these other ports around the world and tattooing was right there you know so it's exciting are you when you air this do you edit out the boring parts this has none of this has been fucking boring i don't edit shit <laughs> The only thing I'm going to edit, the only thing to say interesting things. No, no, we have been saying interesting things. It's fucking, this is what people like. Um, this is, <laughs> this is the best kind of podcast because it's like, it's just like you and I sitting down bullshit. And like, like I told you before we even started, you know, this is what I love. I get to sit down and talk to another artist across the country about art. And man, if people like it, they'll listen. If they don't fuck them, I, you know, it's not then it's not meant for them, you know, it, but it's, I'm enjoying it and I hope you're enjoying it. And the people that are diehards and that are sharing the show and being stoked on the show, they like it. So man, it's cool. This is the best, this is the best kind of podcast as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <Just kidding. laughs> no, that's it. You know, that's us as artists. Like, you know, I'm totally, um, it it's, it's us as artists being critical about ourselves, you know, um, this last show, I'll tell people right now, this last show that I did, and I may talk about it. I've been wanting to try to like fit a little bit more of my own personality into the show. Like it's been kind of this standardized cause it's had to become simple, right? I've, I've, I'm trying to tattoo. I have a family, you know, it's gotta be something that I I'm coordinating with artists from around the world to try to get these, you know, these conversations and that can be challenging at times. Jeremy's been a a great advocate to help me, you know, connect with people. Um, but this show has evolved, you know, you listen to the first one 
it's you know completely different commercial wise format wise than what it is now and i think it's evolving evolving even more now because you know i want to talk about those things that are inspiring to me not just with the guest but also i want people to kind of be in on that journey with me you know with this podcast it's only a year old so um you know i've been podcasting for three you know something like that before this i had a podcast so I don't know. It's fun. That's the kind of shit we do as artists. You know, we create and then we evolve. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's next on the agenda for you? Like what's the next, do you know where you go next as far as your travel or any, any fun projects? Like you've been involved in some cool shit, like the, uh, the two of a kind collaborations. How was that project? I kind of watched all that shit go down on Instagram um and it seemed like such a it's such a great idea to bring all these artists together and and collaboration has been such a big part of i think the advancement of tattooing in the last few years you know how was it to be a part of that whole whole project um well i did that two years now Mm -hmm. and the first year you know what i realized was i was like the first year I was one of two realism artists there, myself and Phil Garcia. And, um, you know, there were other artists who had done realism in the past, but now they're new school. Mm-hmm. And um, what I realized right off the bat is how intimidated I was um, and, I, and how I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. I barely knew their names and I didn't know a lot of their work. And I realized this was two years ago that I had only been following realism artists like on Instagram. Hmm. And, and I started to see, that was the beginning of me starting to see my like bubble as an artist. And that I had really only been looking at realism and the people I hung out with were realist, <laughs> realist artists. <laughs> and, um, I, I think I got really opened up at that first mm. collaboration to just the skills that are going on that I haven't even been paying attention to. Right. Um, and then this this year was really way more, well, it wasn't more fun, but I was more comfortable because I, I did know them this time and I have been following a bunch of them and... Um, I was heavily influenced that first year. I did a collaboration with Erin Chance Mm -hmm. and her imagination and illustrative work is like, I I was just like, man, this is so much fun. Like I don't, you know, I don't put my pieces together this way. Mm -hmm. And then Teresa Sharp was there and I got, you know, influenced by, she was talking about my work and she was like, oh, this is so weird. Like I always have like, one thing that I'm making, like I'm making a girl or a fox or a raven and you and me, like I'm telling a story and there may not even be a focal subject matter. There could be like 10 things going on. So I got influenced by the way she tells a story about one thing. And I did a piece with Kelly Doty. So anyhow, I mean, I just, that first year I got influenced a lot. And then the second year I realized, well, I was more comfortable and I felt like, okay, they've influenced me, but also like I am bringing something to the table here. Yeah. 
And I worked with um, Sam Fiorino, I can't say his last name, Fiorino, <laughs> he's going to kill me. <laughs> I'm not sure how to say his name. I think that's right, Fiorino, at um, Night Owl Tattoo, Timmy B's place. Mm -hmm. That's where it was, you know. And um, that was really cool because I felt, I worked with him and Sean Miller, and he's that pound of flesh. Pound of flesh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I really felt more comfortable this year. I felt like I had something to offer. They were learning from me and I'm learning mm -hmm. from them. And it really, it's collaborations are neat. I mean, you have to value, you have to come to terms with your value as an artist. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that, then, then it's not fair to your partner because you're not bringing in your opinion, which mm -hmm. you should. Right. And um, you also have to be open to their value as an artist. So it's like a, a real personal development as well as an artistic development. I think it's exciting to see Anum talked about the the collaboration you guys did at Sullen TV and how when she got hung up with the stencil, uh, the hundred on the stencil being zero zero one and was kind of freaking out at first and then was encouraged by you to say, you're going to fucking just do it. You just get a pen and you're just going to do it, you know, and that confidence with you had, you know, had more confidence obviously with the free hand at that point and were able to encourage her to step it up a little bit too. And I think that's the fun thing about collaborations is you get to push each other in different directions. And, you know, the next time she's going to be pushing you in a different direction or, you, or she's going to be able to encourage you in that other way to... She did, um, not, not like during, not right in the moment of the tattoo like mm -hmm. that, but in the layout and the design, um, I learned, uh, from her about like a lot of times I have to be careful. My work gets too busy. Mm -hmm. It gets crazy and it's hard to read and maybe takes away from some of the beauty of certain things. And with her laying out those two women, um, I, you know, I would go crazy and put, keep putting like parts of the building into mine and she'd be like, eh, <laughs> like, okay, so no. And she's like, mm. <laughs> you know, and I, I did, I, I was learning from her for sure. I think her, you know, her portraits are beautiful and her large scale work is just so well done. Mm -hmm. You know, the weight of everything balances out. She's got a great eye for design. So, yeah, I was learning from her. That was so funny when she she had to draw on the... Because, like, drawing, freehanding um, something like money is really, really intimidating. And no one, every artist approaching it, you would have that thing inside of you being like, no, I don't want to. But, you know, like, if you freehand enough, you would just be like, whatever, just start doing it. It'll work out. Shapes and lines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So she didn't want to do it. And, um, yeah, I was just like, you can do it. It was awesome. She, it was exciting. Shapes and lines is what it is. You know, it's getting back. And I, I think also it gets back to that, those basics, you know, it's what you learned in the first years of, of doing art. You know, it's the, it's those things that you have to be comfortable with the guidelines. We always talk about it here on the podcast that, to be comfortable and to be able to push your artistic boundaries, you have to be comfortable with the fundamentals. And it, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, I think that's, 
again, getting back to what we, you know, first started talking about your kind of evolution into mixing traditional. And that's, I think what's exciting about you starting from the very beginning is because it's so, it's so fresh and authentic, you know? Yeah. If you go back in my Instagram, like a year and a half ago or two, you can see where I started freehanding. Mm Mm-hmm. And the first piece that I posted got like 400 likes or something, which is not a lot on my page. And I said, you just watch. <laughs> that <laughs> I was pushes like, this you? Is my first one, and I'm going to learn how to do this. What did, you, and, what, what did you take from that? And then where did you go in your study of how, you, you know, obviously at that point you think, all right, I need to get better or people need to see that I can really, that this is valid. And, and I can do this. Where did you go at that point after reading, you know, seeing that kind of difference in the amount of reaction? Well, um, I mean, the same thing, you know, as I'm going through it now and I tell myself, well, there's a couple of things that happened. One is I know that it's interesting to see somebody improve because mm-hmm. I follow artists who I see potential in. Sure. I think, you know, sometimes you see, you know, Sullen will post somebody and they're not well known, but the piece is so good. I go look at their page and I see, oh, this is the best piece they've done or one of the best, but I want to watch this person. Mm -hmm. Like I want to watch them develop. I've had that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So I tell myself that, you know, this is an interesting story it's more interesting than someone just posting pieces that we already know you can kill it on Mm -hmm. and um the pressure's off a little bit because i know the next one i do will be better like each one is gonna get and people will pick up on what i'm start what i'm what Mm -hmm. i'm doing because that's the other thing people like things they recognize they like things they understand Mm -hmm. when they see and get what you're trying to do and it starts becoming known and they're comfortable with it, then, you know, it like catches on. Sure. But you have to stand, you have to stand behind your work. You have to stand behind mm. what you're doing and that it is valid. And, um, with freehand, a lot of people get scared about that. Um, I guess I learned to do that with freehand, you know, it's like, no, this is how I draw. Mm-hmm. Like it may not be, you know, it may not look the same as this other famous dude, but you're going to see so much of my shit that it will look familiar in a little sure. bit. Right. You know, it's, um, it, it's very cool to see who are the guys that a traditional artist that you're looking at kind of studying. What, what's your, what's your day to day inspiration coming from? Um, right now I'm keeping it, you know, I mean, I just ordered a couple of Sailor Jerry flashbooks, and I'm keeping it real, real basic. Sure. Um, and honestly, I'm I have my tracing paper out, and at night I'm just tracing flash from mm-hmm. his books, and um, that's weird for me because like I haven't traced something like that. <laughs> but my brain needs to learn the shapes. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's like a really, it's like muscle memory for my brain right now. Right. Yeah, some of my favorite Owen Jensen. I mean, his his flash was super killer. Dainty Dottie is another one of that era too that had just this. It was almost like an I, I call it like an educated version of traditional. You know, it, it had it was 
much much more uh done better painted better it was drawn like better uh, mike malone was a big influence on me early on um somebody that i think is still killing it that uh had that that similar quality that malone had which was a refined version of of american traditional i mean i think it comes from that he, he was in you know an artist illustrative maybe i guess uh, it was Jeff Rescher. Like, I love that dude's stuff. I have some pieces from him. Um, you know, it, it's cool to see. Pieces from him. Jeff Rescher's a bad motherfucker. I got tattooed by him in 1999 at the tattoo tour in um, Miami, Florida. That 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 piece, uh, he did a spare, or like a, a bird, a bird on my arm. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, I got Eddie. Uh, well, he also did my whole chest, too. I, I came with, uh, um, it took like six fucking years, but I finally got it done at, at Blackheart. He finished it, but it got started at 222, and I had it outlined. It's just like lion's head with a snake uh, in its mouth, and there's six wings coming out um, with eye like eyeballs all over the wings, and kind of based on the idea of the, forward-facing panther with the snake in its in its mouth but i wanted to be able to kind of have something coming out so it's a creature from revelations pretty pretty intense but he did that i got forearm piece from eddie deutsch i wish i had a piece from dan higgs because he was tattooing like around that time like i could have probably tracked him down and gotten tattooed by higgs but chris khan shit i wish i had a tattoo by chris khan yeah now i'm realizing more and more like when you have the opportunity to get tattooed by somebody, mm. then that might be it. You know, maybe you'll run into them again. Sure. At a time when they could actually tattoo you. But I was, I mean, I'm still not sure how I'm collecting, you know, cause there's like me as a tattooer and me as a collector. <laughs> right. Um, I was really, really specific about it. Um, but now, you know, the more artists that I meet and the more, you run into these guys that it would just be like historically it's amazing to even get a piece from I, it makes me not want to be specific because you just got to take the opportunity sure. you know yeah um i don't know i mean right now i've got this like huge piece from nico <laughs> like, killer. Like, talk, my body <laughs> talk about that that's how many hours do you have in that and what's been that experience like you know, I talked about it with, <clears throat> again, after watching that video that you did, um, where you talked about your process and you were, you basically said like, everybody's watched everybody's videos and, um, DVDs and we've learned from, from those things. It got me thinking that week, like, I wonder how much of that DVD that's out, um, what, like how far away Nico is from where that information that he put out in that DVD to where he is now. And I talked to James Kern a little bit about it last week. And he says, it's essentially the applications the same, but Nico has been able to, um, as an artist from painting and understanding what he's doing, he's been able to push it. So he's not just replicating anymore. He's actually creating, even though it's, even if it's a portrait of somebody, he's creating a, it as its own piece of art. And, um, what was that experience being around him getting tattooed? I mean, I know it's the back and there's fucking spots on the back that are so shitty, but, um, what did you get from that? Um, well, it is, 
is interesting. I do think that Nico's development as a painter has been what's really been pushing his artwork in the last, his tattoos in the last, um, you know, couple of years. His color palette was heavily affected. Mm -hmm. And um, what was the question? Just what <laughs> you got from being around him that long and getting that tattoo. Uh -huh. It's an incredible piece. <laughs> yeah. It's weird to say what I get. I mean, just when I'm near another artist, I just absorb stuff. And it's not even like a structured format. Sure. But I go and I tattoo differently afterwards. Mm -hmm. So it was funny because after, I think Nico worked on my back or something. And then I came home and I did three tattoos that were the most published tattoos I've ever done and I just did them right in a row and it was like I you know I was like I don't know Nico just tattooed me for two days and then I came home and like and they were all realism and you know it was like the elephant tattoo and like the chick with the like gag in her mouth or something yeah and that one was that one was cool you said you I read I was I was reading some of the descriptions today and um which is where I kind of saw that you're being more and more open about the things we talked about earlier in the podcast and um, about that piece really diving into um, I think that was a piece you told a story about being a little girl and having a, a knife under your pillow and really opening up about these, these emotional things. But you also talked about what it took you to develop that piece, five layers yeah. just on the eye alone. And um, it, it's, it's incredible. And that's, I think, like, you won't find that image on fucking Pinterest. Right. That's the difference, you know? I mean, I'm really, I'll tell you, I feel like at this point, and this is, I'm going to be bitchy. People can hate me for it. I don't fucking care. Like, at this point, if I see a fucking face that I've already run across myself on Pinterest and Google and DeviantArt, a hundred thousand times and I see that you executed it really fucking well then I'm gonna feel like you did a great student piece I feel like if you didn't bring yourself as an artist into into that execution of a, a piece of artwork that some photographer already made you know it's like then you did a good job studying mm -hmm. you know I feel like you know it, like there's someone like Nico or Carlos Roja. Those guys are taking taking a photograph and then like reinterpreting it as a realism artist. Mm -hmm. They are bringing themselves in through their application, through their color choices and their lighting choices. They're they're changing it, you know, to enough of a degree where they're making decisions as an artist. Mm -hmm. But if you're just straight up copying something, I feel like that's that at this point is studying, you know, it's studying realism, which I did for years and you need to do it's, it's honorable. It's just, it's not going to impress me as mm -hmm. an artist being interested in who you are as an artist right? and mm -hmm. who you are, if you're willing to take risks and like actually have a statement. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, I don't, I forgot what the fucking question was again. I don't know. It's uh, you know, I just think it's fun to, to talk to somebody, like I said early on, that is at this place in their, 
their journey of life and yeah. you're at this almost beginning moments of this the the path going off a little bit from where you were going and it's you know, I feel like I'm at the beginning of of who I'm who I am as a tattooer you know I feel like I've spent a long time studying and I'm still studying I mean we're always hopefully right. you're always learning mm -hmm. but um I guess Nico was talking about how he and Jeff Bogue were um I don't know if I'm supposed to say Gogway. Gogway, yeah. It's, go, yeah. it's all right. <laughs> okay, like I know Jeff. I'm just like terrible with everything. Yeah, it's, it's an odd name, but it's, yeah, Jeff Gogway. Everybody knows who that bad motherfucker is. I mean, Yeah, shit. yeah, of course. So Nico was talking about like how they were both doing realism and they kind of both came out with it to like wow everybody at the same time at this one convention where – Nico did this like Batman that yeah. was like it for him. It was like the beginning of the end. It was like fucking, mm -hmm. and Jeff was literally like, shit, like Nico's already, <laughs> Nico's doing what He's I was going to do or what I'm doing. Yeah. And he sort of went off in a different direction at that mm -hmm. point. And now like his work is only his work. Sure. You know? So I got inspired by that story. And I think that um, I just am interested in taking that risk and going off in my own direction and seeing what I find. It's fun to watch. And I encourage people to join you on that journey. I know I'll be along uh, the ride and I think it's exciting to be a part of. Tattooing's exciting. And I say it a lot on this podcast. It's, it's, a, it's a really fun time to be involved in tattooing and um, so thank you so much for coming on, being so candid and, and, uh, such a fun person to talk to. It was, a, it was my pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks for inviting me today. I forgot to mention it and it doesn't really matter, but, um, Guy Atchison is like writing a book right now mm -hmm. and he just had asked me to do uh, a chapter on, um, kind of like the philosophy behind how I approach tattooing um, because he saw me trying to do something. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really cool. You know, it's like even the older guys that I always looked up to cause they tried to do something um, there, you know, it's interesting to see someone actually take notice. Like, yeah. It's I, 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 I'm beating a dead horse, but it's exciting. So it's uh, I appreciate it. And and thank you for uh, thanks for coming on, Megan Jean. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. It was awesome. Great to talk with you. OK, well, that was it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please share the show with a friend this week and check out the show's sponsors, Kingpin Tattoo Supply, Inky's Tattoo Products, and Sullen Clothing. Also, head over to SullenRadio.com at noon today, and please check out the world premiere of Stay True to Your Craft featuring tattooer Greg DeHoot. Thanks again for the support, everyone. Thank you, uh, Megan, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. That's it. You can always hit me up, joe at SullenRadio.com. If you'd like to get tattooed or you just want to bullshit, hit me up. Keep hustling, everybody. I appreciate it. Have a great week.